Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Parenting with Impact podcast. We are so excited to be here. And um, I am particularly excited to welcome our next guest because our guest today is our now many years friend and colleague and client, Anna Hill. Anna, thanks for being here with us today. With me today. Thank you for inviting Yay. me. I'm glad to connect again. We have lots to talk about and I think it's going to be a good visit. Absolutely. And I invited you honestly because you volunteered, if you recall. I do. So thanks for raising your hand. Yes, I'm happy. And saying, yes, you know, part of what happened, most of you, some of you have heard this already, that when we decided to start this podcast, we didn't want it to be just, you know, just the experts and talking heads and all that. We wanted to make sure it was, you know, we like to make it real, (laughs) you know, we want to make it practical. And so we went to our our private members forum and we said, what do y'all want to hear? And what we kept hearing is we want to hear success stories. We want to hear how this has worked and how it's worked for other people. So Anna's here to talk with us about, you know, kind of what works and what didn't and how she uses a coach approach in her life and how that it changed things for her. So I'm so excited to have the conversation. Let's start with you kind of telling about, you know, the before, before we get to the after, like who was Anna as a mom, as you came to us and found us and what brought you in here? Well, she was a mom who showed up wanting to know how to change her child, <laughs> how to <she could> change <laughs> her child so that he would do what she thought was best for him. Very good intentions, very poor approach. But that's the key, right? Is that, that you were looking to do what was best for him. It wasn't really, you didn't think it was about you. You thought it was about him. Right. Yeah. Well, joke was on me. <laughs> <laughs> so then what happened? What, what brought you to, to say, to, to choose to, to lean into the coach approach? Well, you know, honestly, I think a lot of parents can relate to this. I felt very desperate. I, you know, I was mm-hmm. raised in a household where you just did what you were told and that's that. And so I thought, oh, good, I have a son. I will just tell him what to do and he will do it. But when you have a child in general. Well, and I want to interrupt. You were you were raised by a military dad. A military right. dad, a mom, military dad. So there was really not a lot of flexibility in my household. <laughs> Right. (laughs) And how did you respond to that before we get out to the current day? How did you respond to that? Well, you know, it's interesting because again, my father had very good intentions, but what he inadvertently did was when I went off to college, I didn't have the tools I needed to fail safely. And I didn't have a lot of 
um, experience making decisions for myself that were good, safe decisions. And so I didn't, you know, everyone in college goes off the rails a little bit. I think I went more off the rails than I probably would have had I been allowed to have some safe failures along the way instead of being told what to do. Again, he had very good intentions and he probably didn't have the flexibility to do some of the wonderful things that I've learned from you guys as a parent. But it did, you know, having a controlling parent makes it really hard because you have to kind of reparent yourself when you get out on your own. And that was tough. Yeah. And it's interesting. You and I have talked about that. A lot of a lot of the work I do is with with adults who are reparenting themselves in some way or another. Because if the paradigm that we learned as, as kids growing up doesn't work for our kids, then we're kind of stuck without a model, right? right? You know what we're looking for. Absolutely. Okay. So, so you were repeating this pattern of, you know, what we would call director mom. <laughs> yeah. And you were still directing a teenage kid who was ready for, to not be directed. Right. And so then what, should, what happened? Well, I just realized what I was doing wasn't working. And, you know, if if everyone knows, if you keep doing the same thing, it's not going to change unless something changes. So I approached you guys to let me know how to change him so that he could fit this model and mold that I (laughs) created. As I said, the joke's on me because that is not what happened. (laughs) So before we get to to the joke, like, what was it about what you were hearing at Impact that pulled you in? Because we're really not about fix your kid. And that's kind of obvious, but you kind of don't know what that means till you get there, right? Right. You know, I think it was just the the realness, the compassion. You know, I I've live in a community where there's a lot of moms competing and I'm not that kind of mom. I'm not a keep up with the Joneses person. So I really felt alone. So when I learned about you guys, it had sort of a a little funky family feel. I'm like, wow, I can be more myself here and kind of own own this big problem that I have that I don't know how to deal with. And I wouldn't be judged. And and I actually was going to be around others who were like me. And that it was a huge relief. Yeah, Yeah, I get that. I get that. The sense of just not being judged for the first time in a long time or in in this space as as a parent. Because we get judged from the moment we start this journey, don't we? You know, we used to call it the parenting police. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the interesting thing, too, is there were actually parents who had situations maybe more difficult than mine. And it was sort of a reset, like, you know, okay, I know this is hard, but at least you don't have this that you're also dealing with. And so it was sort of a reality check too. like, Anna, you need to cool it about your, you know, you can do this. It could be worse. So let's get it together. Yeah, right. Sometimes a little perspective goes a long way. Yes. Okay, so then you got into this, you started doing, tell me, I don't remember your journey once you got in. Did you start directly with private coaching or did you do something else first? I did sanity school and I went through all of the modules and it was great, but you know me well enough to know, I think I did like all the modules in like 24 hours. Yeah, you you binge watched it, didn't you? (laughs) I did, I binge watched and I was like, okay, my nature is not one to do this. And I needed some more help because the information was so good. I'm like, this is really rich material, but you know, if you binge something, it goes in quickly and it goes out quickly. And so I needed some accountability, some pacing. I just needed help. And so that's when I decided to do the um, coaching that we did. Yeah. 
So we worked together as coach as in a coaching relationship. It was first you and I worked together. Diane comes into the picture a little later. Yes. So what happened within your relationship with your son, and and as you began to it began to dawn on you that it wasn't about fixing him that was going to change things. Well, I want to I want to give a quick example. It was something you and I talked about, and we had this. It wasn't a heated discussion, but it was very passionate, and it was about my son's backpack, and it's a horrible mess. And it was like, Elaine, his backpack's, backpack is a mess. How do I get him to organize it? It's going to make such a difference. Round and round and round. And finally, you said to me, you and I both know that an, an organized backpack in general would be probably better. However, that is not how he thinks. That's not how he works. Let the backpack go. Mm-hmm. And, and getting permission that I wasn't a bad mom, letting the backpack go began everything for me. Because I had built this standard in my head, if I'm a bad mom or I'm not doing what I'm supposed to, if I don't hold him to the standards that I believed were appropriate. And so I had to switch that whole thing around, get rid of that, sort of unwind my thinking. And, you know, how how do you, Alexandra, I'm curious, what's going on? Why is it helpful to you to have a disorganized backpack? You know, we talked about the backpack so many times, but... As it turns out for him, the backpack was just a way to carry stuff around and he didn't use it as the organizing station. So I was trying to um, give responsibility to a thing that wasn't doing what fit into his thinking. And that was really freeing. Yeah. Well, you know, and as I hear you talk about the backpack, I think about how many conversations I've had with parents about their rooms, right? Which is kind of the same thing. It's like, this is their space. We think it should be for one purpose and they're using it for something else. Right. And what a great awareness when you, when you slow down enough to say, well, what's going on with you? What's important to this about this with you? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So that was a a shift. It was, and what I'm hearing and what you're saying is the shift was really permission to not tackle everything at once. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So talk a little bit about that. So, that, so you know, in our framework, we call it taking aim mm-hmm. um, and, you know, narrowing in on what's the change you really want to see and not trying to change absolutely everything because you'll make everybody crazy. Right. Well, you know, for me, it was really letting go of these rules I'd made for myself. And I think part of that was because I was raised without a mother and a very controlling father. And you know, I had this standard for myself that really wasn't healthy and wasn't realistic, but it was also sort of self-deprecating. If I, if my son doesn't do X, Y, and Z, it's on me and I'm a bad mom because the last thing I wanted to do was be a bad mom. And so I had to let all of that go. You know, I'm just realizing, I can't imagine what, what it would be like to raise a complex child when you didn't have a mother. Yeah. So to have any modeling for what it what it really means to mother a child, that that had to be a really hard place to be. And then to to move into this acceptance, right? Of who he was. Yeah, yeah. it's true. But you know, one time one of my guilty pleasures is I love watching Dr. Phil. I don't know why I just do, but he said one time, and I'll never forget it, it was a parent struggling with parenting, and everyone does, no matter where your kids are. And he was like, look. And the parent was saying, this is hard for me because I had a bad childhood. And Dr. Phil said, look, you got to rise above your raisin. And so that has been my (laughs) motto for myself. I'm rising above my raising. It doesn't mean that my father was, he was very loving and made appropriate choices based on the situation, but I had to rise above that. But you know what? I think 
every parent, no matter what kind of child or young adult you have, has to do that. Times change, finances change, situations change. That's just part of being a parent. And I let go of the woe is me and I let go of the bad mom stuff and just focused on the mission. And it helped incredibly to get that burden off my shoulders. So, so you're talking about letting go. So letting go of woe is me, letting go of bad mom, right? So there's this, all of this, this junk in the story about me that you had to let go of, Mm -hmm. but then there's also this stuff about your son. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about what it was like to let go of the expectation of a pristine backpack, right? Mm -hmm. What did you let go of? Oh, so many things. And I will tell you, he's 20. He'll be 21 next week. And I still am letting go of things. His hair drives me insane. But you know what? His hair, his, his, you know, consequences of having the hair. Body, his- right. I, right. I let go of this, the, you know, how many showers a week are you taking? You know what? You're the one that's going to school with BO and you have the social consequences. Do it. Be- you taught me this. Anna, he needs to do it because He wants to do it for himself, not because mommy said so. And it's so hard when I think. And and mommy can stay at five maybe, but not not at 15 or 25. (laughs) Exactly. It's just not going to, you know, it's not going to work. But it's it was very freeing. And then you think, well, why does it matter if he doesn't he honestly brush his teeth before school? He's the one that's going to have bad breath and he'll have social consequences and then it won't happen. And that is exactly what happened. But it was hard. Yeah. And it still is hard. It is still hard. I mean, I'm, you know, I've got a 27 year old and I'm still practicing letting go every day Daily. and I'm not even parenting anymore, mm-hmm. but there is, you know, they become, they are independent beings making their own choices. Mm-hmm. Damn it. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> then we have to let them make their choices and then be there when they screw up with, with love and acceptance and kind of passion and out without judgment. Uh-huh. This is hard stuff. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Was there anything in the, in the work that you did as you went through coaching that was the, was a real light bulb moment for you? Any, any um, tool that you really used a lot or, Anything that comes up for you? Well, I think really getting curious has been a huge thing for our family. My son is the type who will sit down and have the conversation, you know, maybe not in the moment, but he and I do have a good connection about having some, we're really good about going really deep on all sorts of things. And so we can kind of dig deep in a topic, you know, getting curious about whatever the thing is. And so in a strange way, being able to have those authentic conversations have helped us build our mother, young adult son relationship in a more healthy manner. So it's not just constantly school stuff. It's kind of given us something to talk about. I was going to say, part of it was um, what I'm hearing is not having it always be about what he is or isn't doing. It's Mm -hmm. like you had to shift to be in a relationship with this person Mm -hmm. who also happened to be going to school or not. Right. Right. (laughs) rather than being the mom of a kid trying to get him to, to get through school. Yes. And, and let's be honest, you were trying to get him to get through school because mm-hmm. he, he so, so what y'all need to know is he's brilliant and like not so into school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? 
Yes, absolutely. We know this in our community, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you remember the teary phone call two days before graduation. How I do. I get the GED? <laughs> what do I do? And, and it was this whole like, okay, are you going to drag him kicking and screaming to his success? Or are you going to let him falter on, on the path to his success? So it's really his. Yes. And that, that was a huge part of it with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's still yeah. it. It still is. Yeah. This is the thing, y'all, is that, that they're learning it, but they're learning it at their pace and their pace is not going to be ours. <laughs> right. <laughs> Again, we want them to have it done by 20 and it just, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, right? it doesn't. And I've learned also not to do the comparison math, you know, while well, my mom, people, I know all their kids are doing this, that, and the other, and they're posting it on Facebook and that's the worst thing that you can do. I don't want to, ju- I've learned not to judge my parenting based on what others are doing. That's just not going to work for me. So, so is it okay to tell the story of what happened around, around and after graduation? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So a couple of days before seniors, senior graduation from high school, there's a glitch, right? Mm-hmm. So what happened? Well, there was a glitch in the form of him not turning in an assignment that was make it or break it. Like literally he had to turn in the assignment to pass and he didn't do it. And so I literally thought, so he was, I thought he wasn't going to graduate. And I called you, I think I was crying from the school and I just somehow I had to let it go. There was literally nothing I could do, nothing I could do, you know, and he ended up working out something himself was the teacher and he did get to graduate. And so it worked out. But the universe kind of forced my hand to not be involved. And I was mm-hmm. sitting on the sidelines watching what I thought was going to be a train wreck. And really all it was was just a detour and a different path to what what needed to happen. And so it was incredibly painful and scary for me. But it was sort of a, a sneak peek into what the future was going to look like. And it all turned out. And if it hadn't, that would have been okay too, because it would have been something that he could have done something about later. Right. Which is what happened when it came time to go to college. Right. Yeah. And you know, he still, he he took some time off for, you know, did a whole semester. And we talked about this, the okayness of doing nothing for a semester. And a little bit about that, because at the, at the moment it took a little time to become okay with that. (laughs) It took some, some help, a little bit of coaching. Because again, I had this mindset, well, what we do is we take the summer off and then we go to college. And the fact that there was any other path honestly hadn't entered my mind. I was working towards graduation means we take the summer off and go to college. And that wasn't what ended up happening. And literally- Why didn't it happen? Because this piece is really important. Do you remember? Do you want to, I don't want to- you tell the story in a succinct way, please. <laughs> so what I remember is, is it was a registration issue in part, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And it was, it was about not doing, not ha- pulling together the organizational piece and not asking for the help he needed to get registered. Mm-hmm. And so what happened in the fall is all his friends went off to college and he didn't. Yeah. And actually that was one of the best things that ever happened to him. Absolutely. Because he literally did nothing. He didn't work. He didn't do anything. He just lounged about and it was good. He deserved a break. He needed a break. You know, this is school is tough for kids with executive function issues and the overload and being in tougher classes. And you know what? It's not a race and he needed a reset. And as it turns out, I did too. And it was great. 
Right. So he had a great semester and he had a little bit of regret that he, he hadn't did. gotten it together. Right. So he did. That, so and that, he, yeah, he was like, I'm not letting that happen again. Now he still waits far longer and closer to the registration deadline that I'm comfortable with, but I just have to, I'm literally now at the point, and we even said this before the podcast started, if he does not get signed up in time, oh, well. Yeah. He's on his path. It's He's on his time frame, and his time frame is very different from what you might have expected or wanted. Yes. But he's moving forward. It's mm-hmm. like, it may be three steps forward and one step backwards, but it's still a forward movement. Yes. So, so I want to hit one more thing, if I can, before we close off. We heard from you again recently. So we, you and I stopped coaching a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. right? And recently, you came back. Mm-hmm. So what happened then? Because this is this is the thing. It's like we feel like, okay, I've done it. I've done my thing. I'm done. You have a 20-year-old kid, and you still came back and said, oh, I need some help again. So yeah. what happened here? Well, again, this this is a recurring theme. I had an assumption that, okay, he's going to get into college and eventually go to the dorm and I will, I will be an empty nester. Mm -hmm. And then about two (laughs) years that wasn't happening. And I know COVID was sort of the overlay, but he was not doing anything anyway to make progress towards what I thought would just organically happen. And I, again, thought, well, what have I done? What haven't I done? I need help. How do we, you know, make peace with wherever he is. And I needed to make sure I was doing my part. And that is where I eventually got with coaching. Am I doing my part? Because that's the only thing I can do. The only thing I can control yeah. is me. Yeah. Well, and that's what we always say is you, can, you can't control what happens, but you can certainly control how you respond to mm-hmm. whatever happens. Yes. And I had a spidey sense that my response needed a little, a, a little tune-up. A little tune-up. <laughs> And so when Anna came back to me, I'm like, I think, I think it's Diane's turn this time because what you were looking for specifically was a little bit more, you know, Diane's had more of that experience of, of, of having a young adult male living in her house. Mm-hmm. Actually, mine will do anything to avoid being there for more than a few days at a time right now. <laughs> so then you, you shifted and started doing some private work with Diane. So. Yeah. And I guess the reason I'm highlighting that is because it's very common in our community for people to be be with us for a while and then to kind of leave and then come back. Maybe they come back to group coaching. Maybe they come back to private coaching. Maybe we had a bunch of people when we redid Sanity School Live, a ton of people came back and redid Sanity School Live. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right. I mean, and so I guess I'm saying it to give yourself permission to know that this is your journey too, mm-hmm. and you're going to be in and out of support for years. Around right. You may remember I also did one of the group sessions in between along the way, which was a nice way for me to do a check-in. And I, it yeah. was a refresher. I'm doing some things in a really strong way. And then other things I totally forgot about. Yeah, let me try that. So I kind of ventured back out. And then I decided, you know, I want to have a good, I want, at the end of the day, when I go to sleep, I want to feel good that I've done the best I can. And so we've been doing a lot of conversations about that, you know, it is about Alexander, but a lot of our conversation is around me and my feelings and, you know, how did this incident make you feel? What sort of conversations can you have with him? And, and you know, it, it's more of the same, but he's at a different point in life. So it has a different sort of tone to it. What, what I find when parenting 
when we're dealing with, with supporting parents of young adults, or I'm beginning to call it emerging adults, right? Yeah. We've been doing a ton of that since the pandemic started, is that we end up doing more taking aim on conversations and really planning around what conversation do you have, want to have with your child around this or that, instead of I'm trying to get my child to X or Y. Yeah. Now it's how do, we, how do you want to talk to her about or talk to him about that? And that's, I think, the stage that you've moved into is now it's really about how do I have these conversations? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was we just did a session the other day and it was literally how do we have a conversation about the dynamic that happens when there's an episode? And I've never talked to him about that. And like, that's going to be really interesting. How do you feel about this dance we do every time, Alexander? What is your perception of the dance? Yeah. In coaching, we call it a debrief. Okay. Well, debrief and it really is. What it is. I debrief these these episodes. Yeah. So we need to wrap up the conversation. Um, it's sort of if you bottom line it for yourself, like what is it about this experience? You know, part of it is the just having a coach. Part of it is the coach approach. Like as you take this forward with you into your life, what are some of the greatest lessons or insights? Like, what do you want to leave people with? Oh gosh, I think my biggest takeaway in general is that doing nothing is a choice. And if I choose to do nothing about whatever has happened in the moment, that doesn't mean I'm being neglectful. It just means I'm choosing mm. not to address it right now. That's brilliant. I love that. Um, is there anything else you want parents to know? Oh, just know that I would tell parents who are, are struggling, you're not alone. You're not the only one. There are situations that are much harder that may never really improve very much. And that's terribly sad. Make sure that you know that you can get help and that you're not a bad parent if your family situation isn't working out the way that you dreamed. And it may never happen. And there's some sadness with that. But it's really important to know that it's not because of anything that you did or that you're a bad person. It's just how it worked out. Yeah. I think I would say, Anna, that I don't know a parent whose life with their kids turned out the way they thought with yeah. a complex kid or a typical kid, whatever. It's like we have a vision and then the reality hits and then we have to adjust our vision to meet the child we've got, not the dream we had. Exactly. And that takes some work. It does. It's very hard, but it's the important work to do. And it's so freeing and it's really improved the quality of my family's relationship with each other and even mine with my son in an appropriate way. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's hard work and it's, it's worth it. Oh, totally worth it. Yeah. So, so thank you. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story. And I really honor you and acknowledge you for the work you've done. And, you know, we've had some great conversations over the years with Anna calling. It's like, okay, what's really going on here and doing the really deep work, you know, because we got to do our work as parents to be there for our kids in the way they need us to be. And you've really done the work. Well, so, thank you. I appreciate you guys. And, you know, it's, it's, I've learned more about myself than I ever thought I would in this process. And it's helped me throughout my entire life. So thank you guys for being a great resource. And I'm just glad we were able to talk today. And I hope me offering to share my story helps some others. Absolutely. I'm confident it will. All right. I have one final question. Fun wrap up. Okay. Do you have a favorite motto or a quote that you'd like to leave people with today? Yes. Our family motto is, well, that escalated quickly. (laughs) (laughs) 
things move quick in our house. I don't know if anyone else has that same experience, but they move very quickly. There is never a dull moment. So we embrace it now. We embrace it. With, with a great deal of humor. Yeah. <laughs> well, that escalated quickly. Uh, you're going to hear that again in one of my family group chats. <laughs> oh, <good>. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can all relate. <laughs> all right, my friend, Anahel, thank you for being with us. Thank you for your vulnerability. And, and thank you for modeling what it means to really step in as a parent and, um, and do the work. It was a, a beautiful thing. Thank you. Pleasure to be on the journey with you. Everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for the work you're doing for yourselves and for your kids. Remember, it's what makes the difference. Take care, everyone. Bye. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.